This is the Fearless Agent Podcast, where you learn how to make way more money fast selling real estate with your host, the fearless agent himself, Bob Leffler. And good day to you. This is Bob here at the Fearless Agent Podcast for real estate sales professionals like you where we explain why everything you've been taught by the entire real estate industry is wrong and you will make lots more money in way less time by doing the exact opposite. And speaking of exact opposite, we have a guest host for the day, Mona Dixon. Mona, are you there? I am. Hi, Oh, oh I love the sound of Mona's voice. Don't you, Ramon? <laughs> Isn't she lovely? Very dulcet tones. Dulcet tones. I like that. You know, that was the name of my high school band, the Dulcet Tones. Did you know that? <laughs> I did not. Yeah. Now, we always – now, Mona doesn't know this, but we always start this with the headlines of the day. <laughs> Ramona, you ready for the headlines? Well, she, she may not want to know about it after <laughs> you read them. That's right. Well, we'll see what happens. Do you have the sound effect, the official I, I do. sound effects for the oh, headlines of the go. day? Here we go. Official sound effect. Wait for it. Oh, then. Okay. Over the weekend, a guy by the name of Joey Chestnut. Do you know who that is, Ramon? I do not. Joey Chestnut won the professional eating title. Hmm. Did you hear about that? By the way, as for the amateur eating title, it was a tie for first place among 300 million Americans. Now, you know, you know, hold on. You know, I should do that louder. Because it's not loud enough. Now, by the Mona, we Mona, we haven't gotten the bugs worked out of this sound effects crap yet. Now, uh, by the way, Joey Chestnut said when he dies, and that's probably going to be sooner than he thinks, if you know what I'm talking about, because he's a health nut like Jerry Garcia. Yeah. Uh, when he dies, he, he wants to be cremated, roasted over an open fire. Uh, that's good. Joey Chestnut, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. That is a good one. Now, Mona, normally on this podcast thing, we talk about real estate, but not today. Today, we're going to talk about you, Mona. Now, Mona's claim to fame, one of them, there's many, but one of them <laughs> is she actually, I've seen a picture of it. She was actually in the Oval Office meeting with President Obama. Isn't that true, Mona? During yeah. an eating contest? No, not. No, that no, was okay. after. Oh, that was, fair enough. It was, that came after, I think, after you had to go out and have lunch. So, so you were kind of a big deal. But it wasn't always that way. So tell us, tell us how your life started out, Mona. Yeah. So actually, for half of my life, I was homeless. I uh, up until I was thirteen years old, there were times where my family were living on the streets and in and out of shelters. Uh, sometimes we would try to make it to a Salvation Army to sleep there, but if they didn't have enough cops or we got there too late, then we'd end up finding a place on the streets and getting cardboard boxes out of dumpsters and, and sleeping on them. And we were just caught up in this cycle of homelessness for a while because it was hard for my mom to get a full-time job when we needed to be in line by three o'clock. So it just wasn't on and off cycle for a very, very long time. And there were times where I didn't know when I was going to be eating next or where I was going to be laying my head at night. So uh, growing up was pretty rough being homeless, and I had two other siblings, and then my mom was a very young single mother. How young was she? So my mom actually, she she lost her mother when my mom was 12 years old, so she lost her mother 
and ended up living with her grandparents. But she then had my sister at 16 years old, me at 17, and my brother at 21. And I always say, I can't imagine having one kid at 27 right now, so let alone three by 21 years old. Well, I have one kid, and I'm 62, and I can't imagine it. <laughs> I regret every yeah, single moment job. of it, I can tell you that. Yeah, tough job for sure. Now, what was your, now, were these from different fathers or the same father? Yeah, from different fathers. So you don't really know, or do you, you never, never had a relationship with your father? My father actually passed away. Uh, he went to back home to take care of his mother and wanted my mom to come with him, but that didn't work out because my mom was obviously still in high school and she needed to finish school. Um, and then he passed there in Louisiana uh, while taking care of his mother out there. So I actually never met my father uh, as an obviously um, older as to what I can remember. And then uh, I actually was adopted by another uh, guy who I got to know through Boys and Girls Clubs of America, and he's been my dad for the last 10 years. Cool. Mm-hmm. So what happens, uh, what, are, what are the lessons you learn when you're homeless as a kid? Uh, I think one thing that I learned when I was homeless was just like to never take anything for granted. I remember when I got my first apartment and I know so many people just think, Oh, it's just a home, you know, but for me, that was everything because I had a stable place where I could come to every day, every night. Um, I had a place where I could invite my friends to and have sleepovers and just enjoy being a kid. So that's definitely one of the lessons that I've learned. And another lesson that I learned is to not be so quick to judge people or to put... No, I'm in charge of that, Mona. <laughs> Quicktojudge.com. That's my, that's my website. Yeah. <laughs> or to just put those, you know, stereotypes on people's lives. Because I always say, like, if that same person who just ignored me or walked right past me or said mean things when I was asking for spare change, you know, to help make ends meet for us. If that person was to probably predict my future, they'd say I end up a pregnant teenager like my mom or dropping out of high school or better yet, ending up back on the streets with my family as well. But as uh, I've learned and with the help of so many people and organizations, that was not my future. So I just feel like we should not be so quick to judge people based on their current circumstances. I'm writing that down. It's going to be, it's easy to write down. It's hard to do. Now, now, did you know that I have a job where I, a volunteer job where I work with homeless people? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah and they're the opposite of you because they are smelly and crazy. You, on the other oh hand, my gosh. <laughs> are very cute and smell good. But it wasn't always that way, I'll yeah, bet. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, I mean, my mom did her best. We would get ready for school and gas station bathrooms and everything. So we did our best to try to fit in and be normal, even though life was nowhere near close to normal. Now, what happens after that? How did you, how did you get to where you are now? Yeah, so I actually, when my mom first was able to get on uh, government assistance and get Section 8 housing and food stamps to get back on our feet, I just so happened to have my first apartment behind a boys and girls club. And I used to be shy. Obviously, we know that. Not anymore. I can talk to She's forever, got a poor sense of her own I, personal boundaries, Ramon. Yeah. 
That's all over. Yeah, so. That was the old days. <laughs> right. So I, I went to, I built up the courage to go to the Boys and Girls Club after my friends asked me to go so many times. But I never went before because I knew that it would cost something. And something, despite what that was, would be too much. Whether it was a dollar, five dollars, my mom could spend that at the dollar store for things that we needed, like toilet paper and toothpaste and things like that. So anyways, I went anyways and I asked the lady at the front desk, how much does it take for me to come here or how can I come here? And she said, well, you need $20 and an um, a application and you have to bring this back. And I kind of just said, okay, and I was going to walk out and never come back because I couldn't afford that $20 and that was for the entire year. And it was almost as if she knew something was wrong and she said, hey, come back. And she said, just bring back that application form. And I talk about how the rest was history. She paid that $20 membership fee for me. I went to the Boys and Girls Club, joined all the programs for free. I never went hungry. I had mentors. I had tutors. I had all the resources I needed to be successful and help me graduate from high school. Uh, and then the Boys and Girls Club led me to the National Youth of the Year program where I competed for almost a year with my speech and my grades, my academics, my, you know, my story and things like that. And later won a hundred thousand dollars in scholarship. Wait a minute. What? Yes. what? <laughs> now, uh, now yes. that I know you got a hundred K, I want the food stamp oh, money well, back. Don't you gone. Ramon? <laughs> Cause I'm a taxpayer. Oh my God. Yeah. She's soaking me. Oh, this is beautiful. This is why I don't, I'm going to quit working with homeless people because they're going to be millionaires and I'm going to be bitter. What? No. No? Okay. No way. All right. I need to, I need to be grateful. <laughs> well, I am extremely grateful. That's why you're on the show because the topic is gratitude. I didn't want to uh, say it out loud, but you said it. Well, there you have it. Yeah, realtors that I coach, they could, they could stand a little humility. What, what do I always tell you now that you're a big deal? Stay humble. Oh boy, let me tell you. <laughs> so then, what what happens next? You you go to the boys' club, the girls' club. Yeah. So after I became the national youth of the year, my whole entire life changed. Of course, school, but I had some very cool opportunities. As you mentioned, when I was seventeen, I was recognized by President Obama in the Oval Office, and. I got to go there with Denzel Washington, who's the national spokesperson for Boys and Girls Clubs of America. Oh, isn't he the and guy that I... flies the plane upside down? Wasn't that him, Ramon? <laughs> In some yes, movies? that was. Yeah. yeah, now I've parked three cars upside down, but I was drunk, so uh, I had an excuse. I will say that. Oh, my goodness. Well, he was under the influence. Don't drink well. and drive, kids. Don't, uh. Or drink and fly. Or that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I've done a couple of events with him uh, to speak on behalf of Boys and Girls Clubs. I've done a couple of commercials, one of which was my favorite, was with Mark Wahlberg, and we raised over a million dollars to help teens graduate from high school. So that was that was pretty cool. And I've been all over the media and everything, and, and I've then turned my speaking for the Boys and Girls Club into my career. So now uh, speaking and sharing my story and empowering people has led to me traveling all over. So I, I really, really love uh, where the Boys and Girls Club has taken me. Now, you left out your biggest celebrity brush with greatness. You got to meet me. 
<laughs> she's laughing at me. <laughs> she's not. She's not actually laughing at me. She's making fun of me. It's entirely different. She's laughing near you on near the phone. Near me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes, Goodness near you. gracious. This is torture. But if it makes you feel any better, I laugh at all your jokes. It does make me feel better. She cheered me up a little bit right there. That was nice. She's laughing at all of them. It was the pity. It was going for the pity vote. <laughs> so tell me about your the scholarship thing. To see, I know all about her. I have to pretend like I don't know anything about her, but I, I know all about her. You just brought her on so she'll laugh at your jokes. That's right. I just need. I just you need. pay me for that. Exactly. exactly. And not much. Yeah, so my scholarship, I... Um, the Boys and Girls Club gave me about, I would say, $60,000 plus. And then I also applied for other scholarships, obviously, in school. Um, and just did everything I could to pay for my college education because my mom taught me that, you know, education is going to be the key to, to the success and help us get out. And maybe it won't take me where I want it to be, but it, it, it'll help me to stay out of that cycle of homelessness. I always say, because so many people say, well, Mona, you're you're already far enough. You don't need your doctorate, which I'm studying for right now. Why do, what? You, why do you stay? Yeah, why do you stay in school? And I say because, well, obviously knowledge is power, and that's the cliche we always hear, but I just feel like my my soft skills is something that can never be taken away from me. So whether I could lose my house, my car, uh, my shoes, all those types of things, I can never lose my knowledge. And for that is why. And if you do lose your shoes, I'm sure drinking was have been involved in that. So let me, let me, let me just get this straight. So you, you were, you were in, you did graduate high school, unlike me, by the way, but you did graduate high school. Yes, I graduated third in my class. So even though you were homeless? I, well, when I was in high school, I wasn't homeless. Mm-hmm. We were on we we were living in an apartment. But you school. went you went through grade school homeless. Yes, mm-hmm. in middle school. So you yes. graduated grade school, correct? Yes. And you mm-hmm. and I are tied so far. And then high school, you graduated. <laughs> now you're ahead of me. Then you went to college, and you had to do all these applications for scholarships and all that kind of stuff, right? Yes. So I got my bachelor's in business management, my master's in communication studies with an emphasis in advocacy, and now I'm studying for my doctorate in organizational leadership. Okay. You know, I have an organization. It's completely disorganized, but it is an organization. <laughs> We're gonna have to, I'm going to have you help me with that. So the okay. so then you get this idea that you're going to help kids uh, apply for scholarships, right? Was that the story? Mm-hmm. How'd that go? Yeah. Well, so I feel like teens are kind of like forgotten pretty often. Like we care a lot about the younger kids, and then when they're teens, we kind of forget about them. So I started my nonprofit, Inspired by Mona Foundation, and it basically focuses on providing teens with all the resources and knowledge uh, that they need to be successful after they graduate from high school. So one of those things is definitely focuses on education, but not just going to college, but also like entrepreneurship or going into civic leadership, but just 
anything that can help them be successful. I teach them that a high school diploma is just, it's just not enough, but you have to continue to learn in some capacity. So that's what we're teaching them. And then um, we focus on helping them obviously get scholarships, learning how to vote, learning about uh, financial literacy and their credit and just a, a very broad and overview of life so that they could be prepared before they graduate high school and not trying to dig themselves out of holes after they graduate. So uh, your story is one of persistence, wouldn't you say? Yes. Now, I, I coach these uh, realtor folks, and I notice that <laughs> one of their when they fail, it's two things. They don't know what to do because they've had bad training. Uh, and when you're homeless on the streets, you do get bad training. I got some of that when I was uh, I was on the streets, not homeless, I would say, because my parents <laughs> were not big on supervision. And uh, <laughs> supervision was not their thing. Uh, not, uh, I, I was not micromanaged, let's put it that way. But, uh, you know, you can learn bad things on the streets, but, you know, you learn some good lessons on the streets. But just that keeping, keeping going every day, your mom had that. Thank God. Uh, I think that's a big part of your story is just getting finally getting some right direction, the right mentors, and then you just stick with it and keep grinding it out. You are you are that way. Yes. Well, what advice would you give to you don't know anything about realtors? Maybe I don't know what you know, but uh, what would what advice would you give to them? Well, I would definitely say that, first off, like everybody fails at something and for a while before you get it right. And that's okay. You learn from as long as you learn from those mistakes, you keep going. But I definitely strongly value having mentors. Yes, you can probably try to do things on your own, but it takes a lot longer. And then you fail a lot more often. But if you have a mentor, you have people who have been there, who have done that, who've learned it. Um, why wouldn't you want to learn from that person? And I strongly believe in the power of mentorship. I have plenty of mentors um, that have taken me from A to B or even skip, you know, B and maybe go to D or F, you know, down. So I I strongly believe in going, getting places faster. Um, and I don't see why anybody else wouldn't want to do that. So I definitely strongly value uh, getting mentors and just keeping with it. it. Consistency is huge. If things don't work right away, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that it doesn't. It's not going to work later down the line. I, I know people always talk about like overnight success. Well, it's taking people ten years to wake up that last day and then become a success. So just stick with it. Uh, continue to learn. Continue to put your all into it. Uh, and I feel like once you start to see that success, you'll keep going and success will just keep coming to you. You know, the, there's a guy that wrote a book. I can't remember his name. It will come to me, Arthur or something. Um, but he says the, the happiest people on earth are the people who are successful that earned their success. It's not how successful they are. is that they yes. earned it themselves. So there are so many... Uh, people who, uh, you know, like 
I think about what I would want for my daughter. Right now, I want her to get out of the house, if you want to know the truth. If she could just get a job and get out of the house, because she has a nickname for me. You know what it is? What is it? Annoying. <laughs> I must be the most annoying guy on planet Earth. Uh, but she's 24. How old are you, Mona? 27. 27. Same crap, you know. Everybody's <laughs> annoying. But, um, you know, she grew up... Uh, highly privileged compared to you. But my message to her is all this stuff that you have, you know, you didn't earn this. This you're you're smart, you're you're funny, you're popular, uh you know, you've got money. None of that is what you earned. You're just lucky that you have that cuz she could have grown up like I did. You know, which is uh, in the hood mm-hmm. or like you did. Not even you didn't even get to be in the hood. You were probably in a nicer neighborhood. You were just in a card- cardboard box. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because we grew up. Because you can have a, a crappy cardboard box in a very lovely neighborhood. That's that's the way. They do yes. It. So uh, uh, but that, you know, people people start, you know, they're born on third base and they uh, think they got a home run. But I think people that are born rich many times, I have a very hard time motivating people that are already fairly successful to be more successful. But the person who starts with absolutely nothing, they're more likely to become super successful like you, I think. So uh, there is a lesson there. Many lessons yeah, there. I, yeah, I strongly agree with that. I definitely feel a lot more grateful for the things that I have. I feel like because I work for them, I don't take advantage of them or take them, take them for granted. Uh, and I definitely encourage a lot of people, you know, to work hard for what they, what they have or what they get. And you, and you do feel good. You know, when, when I stay in my own home, I'm like, I, I, I worked for this. It just wasn't given to me. Uh, and I hope that that's something that I can instill in my children later down the line. I don't believe in just giving allowances. I'll, I, I saw this thing where I'm going to put up a board and it'll have all these chores around the house and and there'll be money in the pockets. And if you do the chore, then you get the money. If you don't do the work, you don't get the money. But I just want uh, to to just instill that in the children that nothing in life comes free and you got to work for it uh, one way or another. So. Um, that's what I, I, I really do agree with you, though, that when you work for something, it you feel a lot more blessed or a lot more accomplished because you worked for that thing. Now, I'm going to give you a warning, Mona. You don't have kids. I don't. So this chores board idea is just kind of a theoretical <laughs> thing for you. Now, for me... Well, now, for me, I've been through. I I made the chores board, you know, and I and I uh, it ends up in the fireplace because, uh, in the words of Bill Cosby, who we really shouldn't be quoting anymore, but he said, "Parents yeah. don't care about justice, just peace and quiet." Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it takes to shut that kid up, I will do. You know, my daughter, I buy her a car, and then mm-hmm. she uh, is texting while driving. So now I don't know if any of you out listening have kids. You want to make sure they're always texting while they're driving. That's a super great idea, of course. So then she rams it into a parked car, hits it so hard she rams that car into another parked car, and then tips her car on its side. 
So because I don't care about justice, only peace and quiet, I, I just buy her a new car. Oh, my God. Horrible parenting. <laughs> lesson learned. Right. She taught me the lessons. Did you get her a new phone, though? <laughs> yes, of course. No, the phones oh, always end up in the toilet. I don't know why girls keep dropping their phones in the toilet, but uh-oh. I don't know what that's all. Hey, Mona, have you ever can dropped you your phone in the toilet? To it? No, I haven't, but I can see how that could happen. But if you ever hear that weird, echoey, gurgly, tidy bowl man noise, probably yeah, talking to my daughter. I don't know. Well, Mona, I want to thank you very much. Now, what what other words of wisdom can you impart to my realtor coaching students or future realtor coaching? By the way, I'm going to do a shameless plug. Do we have a sound effect for a shameless plug? That's what we need. What would, what would the shameless plug sound effect even sound like, Ramon? I, I have not yet he found hasn't one. He got that, one? That oh, sounds, my. That could be there. We're going to work on that. We will. Now, now the whole show is going to be about sound effects, and there will be no Basically, it's going to be 30 minutes of just different sound effects. Yeah, wacky, cartoonish yeah, sound effects. Absolutely. Yeah. So if any of you out there in real estate land, would, if any of the stuff that we normally talk about on the podcast makes sense to you, and you have, happen to be earning less selling real estate than you wish you were, and you're open to the idea of having some help with that. And maybe I can even hook you up with Mona. You, you know, you could talk to Mona sometime. So if you would like to earn more and learn more, you can call me anytime at 480-385-8810. That is my cell phone. And we'll just see if you and what you're trying to do in your real estate career, if it would be a good fit for what we do. And uh, if you, and you can always go to fearlessagent.com. You can subscribe to this podcast at fearlessagentpodcast.com. You can go to fearlessagent.tv and subscribe to our free training videos. And you can always call me at 480-385-8810. Now, Mona, I want to plug you. People can go to monadixon.com. Does that sound correct? Yes, indeed. Mona, M-O-N-A, Dixon, D-I-X-O-N.com. If you would like to hire her to be a speaker at your event, she's motivational and cute, unlike me. She's actually cute. We should actually hire her for, for the, the sound effect of her laughter. She has the greatest It's infectious. Oh, it's infectious. And we're not just oh, sucking God. up to her so we can no, meet a president. No, not at all. But we would. We would. We would. Yeah, we, well, of course thank we would. you. I appreciate that. Now, would you like people to call you or just go to your website if they want to hire you? Yeah, they can go to my website. That would be great. She does and not want me to name. give out her phone number. Or do you? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, but because she doesn't want creepy stalkers and end up with a restraining order. It makes sense. Oh, geez. Yeah, sense. for sure. com. Yep, and then my email is mona at monadixon.com, so that's great, Oh, she too. was lying awake nights thinking. Now, I don't even have that. I've got a different <laughs> email for you, mona at monadixon.com. Okay, I'm, I'm going to yep. change mm-hmm. my records. <laughs> I need to have my records expunged, I think, is what I really need. <laughs> Scrubbed from Scrub the web. Washed, I think they call it, in court. Okay, Mona, thanks you so much for joining us, and I want to thank all of you for joining us today. Please do visit us at fearlessagent.com. You can always call me directly at 480-385-8810. Please do give us a five-star review of this podcast on iTunes. Now, Mona, I always tell people to do three things. 
One of them is have fun. You know the second one. What is it? Be humble. Be humble. And above all, be fearless. Thanks, Kim. <laughs> Bye. Oh, oh.